You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engines! The following is a paid program. This program may contain adult themes and nudity, and you can never go wrong with that. Speaking of always being right, views expressed on this program are those of life-experienced mechanics. Continued listening may cause addiction, and in rare cases, a rash. Discretion is advised. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740. Or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al, it's time to hit it! Well, hello there, welcome. It's Dave's Corner Garage. As you see, we're all excited because we're inside and outside it's... Cold. Yeah, there was white stuff on the ground this morning. I can't believe you think you'd forget about how to, how to snow, but it hasn't forgotten. No, it just seems like a couple of weeks ago I was up in the lake swimming. It was a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Interesting show today. As usual, Terry O'Keefe is going to be joining us from OMVIC. That's the Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council, and we've got some serious news about that. Jonathan Schlue, we all know him as the car generator guy. Well, he was the guy who was on Dragon's Den. If you ever go to our website, davescornergarage.com, you can see Jonathan getting a deal going with the Dragons, and he's going to be on. He says business is good, so can't complain about that. And Fred DeFrancesco, who's our insurance guy, is going to talk about two topics that I never knew about. One, which insurance companies actually rate you as to where you live. And secondly, how you can be innocently parked on the side of the road and still have an insurance claim right. while, while you're in the washroom. <laughs> Your Honor, I wasn't there. I was in the washroom. Okay. Uh, contest should remind you this is the last week. You don't get in now. You don't get nothing. That's the rules. What's so, the contest for? Uh, we're giving away a basic card generator and $250 of motion lotion. Gasoline. So you can either run your generator, which is your car, or you can run down the highway and smile, whatever you like. So uh, enter the contest at davescornergarage.com. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to Terry from Omvik. Yeah, you know, Dave, yeah. you know, usually when you say business is booming, it's a good thing, eh? Yeah. But when Terry says business is booming... Yeah, he's unhappy. That's not so good. You can't make this guy happy. (laughs) This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be back with that and your calls right after this break. All righty, we're back. It's Dave's Corner Garage. My name's Dave Redinger. I'm with Alan Gelman. That's me. Terry from Omic. And Terry brought his friend. Yes. And not... Well, I can't say she's sore to the eyes, but it's Farah. (laughs) <laughs> some say Farah, some say Farah. Some Actually, say Fatima. I'm just <laughs> throwing that out there, Dave. Actually, I have this medication. I won't go there. <laughs> All right, the stuff they just made legal? Yeah, no, 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 no. It's uh, it's it's um, Farah uh, Ferrante. It's some kind of um, iron pill that I have to take. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. Anyways, um, there's a a police bulletin out right now. Let's get serious. So we talk about TPS, which is Toronto Police Services, right? And Terry has a police bulletin out about a guy who's revinning cars 
and and trying to knock them off the dealers. That's right. Yeah, this guy is actually uh, targeting dealers, trying to rip them off. Uh, the Toronto Police have alerted us, and we're working with them. Yeah. Uh, he just this week tried to sell a uh, North York dealer, a 2018 Lexus GX, a really really high end vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, police were. Uh, have very good intelligence that this vehicle actually came up from the U.S. It's stolen, revin, oh. and they know of at least one other vehicle that this guy has. He's using a fake name. He's got them registered, though. They're registered into this fake name, and he's trying to flog them off onto dealers. So we sent out a bulletin yesterday warning dealers, giving the description of this guy, uh, just trying to make sure that, you know, Yes, our number one mandate is consumer protection, but when we know something that's going uh, like this is going on where dealers are being targeted, obviously we want to do everything we can to try and protect them as well. Question. Now, now does that mean that VIN is now known in the system? In other words, when someone tries to do a transfer, like let's say that dealer buys it, doesn't know, Mm -hmm. and then flips it, then he sells it retail. When they go to transfer it, they'll know? Potentially these ones will be, but where there's two, there's probably 20. Okay. And so he may have, you know, he may have a supply of these vehicles. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're, we just want dealers to know that if you have a consumer coming to you and he's trying to sell you a 2017 or 2018 vehicle. Uh, I'm for, leaving the country. Yeah. And uh, he's willing to take a loss on it. Uh, the car's less than you would buy it at a wholesale auction. Uh, that's a warning sign. And uh, please contact the uh, Toronto Police Services. Read the bullet and the numbers there. So here's my question. Uh, where does he get these VIN numbers that he's putting on his vehicles? They're probably coming off of other vehicles in the U.S. Ah. And uh, so it's not like it's going to be repeated in a Canadian uh, transportation yes. system. And uh, it's actually not that uncommon to find... Uh, Two two completely separate vehicles with the same VIN. Revinning is out there. Different parts of the country. In Calgary, uh, just two weeks ago, they actually busted a shop and they found 40 vehicles there being revinned. And uh, these were are stolen vehicles. They're going to go back into the market. And, of course, if the police do track down these stolen vehicles... They're going to take them. They're going to be collected, and uh, they're going back to the insurance company. And whoever purchased it could be in for a world of hurt. Now, if you if you purchased that stolen vehicle from a registered dealer here in Ontario, consumers would actually be protected by the dealer and ultimately by the compensation fund. But a lot of these vehicles end up in the hands of curbsiders. Right. And uh, so you buy a, a car from a curbsider. It turns out to be stolen. The police sees it. Good luck trying to get your money from that curbsider. You're going to take the loss. Now, we should be really careful here, VIN, which is VIN, is the Vehicle Identification Number, because a lot of the folks out there don't know what that means. So right, serial it's number. the serial it's number. The That's serial the number plate vehicle, that you right? see on the front windshield or a decal on the door. Yes. And in different places in the car. And and they're hidden. There are yes. there are some places that where the VIN is on the car that you know basically only the manufacturers and law enforcement know where to look. Yeah, you got to take a fender off, and it's on the chassis or whatever. Yeah. Now, I thought the VINs actually came from cars that were written off. Does that not? Happen? Oh, like, oh, absolutely! It does. Okay. It, it, that that could be exactly where they're coming from. So, or the, they, so the guy buys them at the car wrecker. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. So let's talk about this. The United States has gone through tremendous flooding, right? I mean, they were talking about the the surge and all these cars that are lost. Now these cars are out there. What happens? I mean, those cars are going to show up here. Potentially, some of them absolutely will. Um, you know, the United States has very different systems and laws uh, than we do. Uh, we have a branding system here in Ontario that if a vehicle is, is destroyed mm-hmm. in a flood, it can never go on the road again. It's branded irreparable. They don't have that law down in the U.S. So it would be possible to take one of those vehicles that was in, a, in the flood, transfer it to a state uh, like Arkansas that has no branding whatsoever, 
and they issue you a clean title for that vehicle. Wow. And so that vehicle now, they call it title washing in the United States. It's far yeah. more difficult to do here in Canada, thanks to our, our branding program. But not every one of those vehicles down there that was, that was damaged or destroyed in the flood is going to be salvaged. There's going to be lots of people who had those vehicles. They weren't properly insured. So they're going to, you know, dry them out, clean them up, and flog them off. Or keep using them uh, until later to flog them off. And, and you know, a flood-damaged vehicle is inherently dangerous because water's insidious. It gets into electronic components. It gets into everything, but it doesn't necessarily cause the problem today. It could cause the problem. You know, rust and corrosion takes time. It could cause a problem 18 months from now when that car has been sold or resold. And uh, who wants that to, to discover that your electronic steering fa- fails at 110K on the 401 next to an 18-wheeler? Yes. Exactly. Right? And people don't realize that in a, case, in a lot of cases, the electronic components, the computers and whatnot, are very low in the vehicle. Sometimes they're just mounted to the floor, yes, for example. Right, yeah. So it doesn't take much. Under and the in seat. fact, the ruling here in Ontario, I think, is if, if the driver's seat is wet, the, the bottom cushion... That, that means the water was high enough to write the car off. Yeah, basically, it's a, I, be, I believe the, uh, it's irreparable if the water gets to the bottom of the uh, dashboard. Right. Which is basically exactly what you're talking about, Alan. Mm-hmm. That car here in Ontario can never go on the road again. Okay, so the dealer sold this car, but he bought it at auction innocently, mm-hmm. and now it's gone out there. The, you've got an issue. How does the system work? The, the consumer goes back to the dealer? Absolutely. In Ontario, dealers have to disclose. It's mandatory that they disclose. Yeah, but it's the not vehicle, available for them. But, it, but they have to disclose if it was ever registered in another jurisdiction. Ah, so if okay. the car came from South Carolina or North Carolina, they have to disclose that on the bill of sale. They have to disclose if the vehicle was in a flood up to, the, up to basically the rocker panels. Mm-hmm. If water entered the car... It doesn't meet the test for the the firewall that we're talking about. But they have to disclose even minor flood damage. Uh, So we're not anticipating seeing this being a problem with vehicles sold by dealers. It's going to be vehicles that are being sold privately or by curbsiders, where I think consumers really have to be concerned about uh, previous flood damage. Right, Uh, and I think this is an important part that, you know, we're talking with all the protection that the government's out there and on because they're to protect them, um, that only applies to people that buy cars from dealers. Yeah, the, the compensation fund and all these mandatory requirements only apply if you buy from a dealer. Right. If you buy privately and something goes wrong, I hate to say it this way, it's kind of blunt, but you're on your own. Uh, OMBIC cannot assist. The Motor Vehicle Dealers Act that requires all those disclosures doesn't apply. The Consumer Protection Act doesn't apply. Your only uh, recourse is going to be to the courts and if you can find the person who sold you the car. Wow. And it's going to get worse because the government in uh, April of 2019 has discontinued emission tests. So now engines and transmissions are no longer covered on the sale of a car, uh, and it's going to get worse. So it's interesting how it's going to happen. All righty, this is Dave's Corner Garage. Al, take us out. Yeah, we've got a couple people on the line. We're going to get to your calls right after this break. We've got Seymour, we've got Mark, and uh, we're going to get to those calls right after this break. This is Dave's Corner Garage. All righty, garage doors wide open. Uh, we're with uh, Terry uh, O'Keefe from Omvic and Farah from Omvic. They're both here in the studio. And we're talking about something that is kind of unique. A dealer uh, just got a fine of $62,000. That's a lot of money. Uh, tell us the story. 
Uh, well, this dealer sold a, a vehicle. It was a 2013 Mercedes-Benz to, yeah. to a consumer. And shortly after that, the consumer was driving along on a slippery road and slid into the Hyundai sedan that was stopped in front of him. Wasn't going very fast. Couldn't figure out why when he stepped from his car, as he, to use his words, it looked like the front end of my car fell off. Yeah, that's and, what he says, front yeah, of his car fell off. And, and the Hyundai was, was barely damaged. Um, what he didn't know was that the Mercedes he had bought had actually been involved in a serious collision uh, and had been, I'll put in quotation marks, repaired uh, because it wasn't repaired very well. Um, we they, should stop here for a second. Serious collision is $31,144 worth of damage. That's fairly serious. Yeah, that, but that was, and that was just a Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the, the first accident this car was in. The dealer bought the vehicle from a salvage auction, hired uh, someone to fix it, and I say someone because this was an unregistered repair facility. Okay. Um, the total repairs on that vehicle the dealer paid mm-hmm. were around $8,000. Wow, so we got a great deal. Yeah, thirty-one thousand dollars worth of damage repaired for eight thousand dollars. There were open welds. The bottom of the bumper was held on by a zip tie. Uh, there were parts that were missing. There was uh, welds in the frame that shouldn't have been there. This car was not safe for the road. It's criminally criminally negligent. Well, uh, I I don't want to talk about the criminality. I can tell yeah. you that we charged him for breaching the uh, Consumer Protection Act for making. Yeah. Uh, false misleading, uh, basically for misrepresenting the vehicle and for failing to make required disclosures about the history of the vehicle. And uh, the dealer uh, signature motor car, Inc., was fined $30,000. The dealer uh, director, uh, his name was Rath Hadar, was fined $15,000. And then they were jointly ordered to uh, reimburse the consumer uh, for $17,313. Did they take the car back? Uh, no, the insurance company wrote it off a, okay. a second time. Wow. Right. So the consumer got a little bit of money. Obviously, the insurance company, when they found out the true history of this vehicle mm-hmm. and, the, and that it had not been repaired properly, it had very little value. So the consumer got very little from his insurance company, and that's why the other $17,000, the court ordered the dealer to reimburse the consumer for that. Is there a time limit when the court orders you to, to make re- reimbursement? Is there a time limit for that? The court, the court can set that time, and it, it can yeah. vary. Yeah, and I, uh, from this instance, I honestly don't remember what it was, uh, but uh, sometimes restitution orders might be in the in weeks or months. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, fines they can give up to you know it's not uncommon to see one or two years to pay the fines. Now, question: Did they close this guy down, or is he still open? No, this dealership is uh, is still in operation. Wow! Wow! Is he gonna, I bet there's a name change coming up. <laughs> <laughs> can't say anything more yeah, than that. <laughs> well, all right. So, so uh, on the Omvic website, for example, you have a list of bad guys or people who've been, you know, uh, charged. Correct? Yeah. Every dealership, uh, every salesperson who's ever been charged or convicted, you will find that information available on Omvic's website. Every every dealer or salesperson that's been disciplined for breaching the code of ethics as well as every individual or business that's been charged for curbsiding. Uh, all of that information is available on the website. It's public information. The Motor Vehicle Dealers Act actually requires OMVIC to make the, uh, the mm-hmm. information public. Yep. Um, it's You don't just have to go to the OMVIC website and look in a database. It's actually on web pages that are Googleable. Uh, so if you're trying to, you know, you just want to search the name of a dealership or of an individual, you just throw it into Google and maybe add the word OMVIC if you want to see if that helps uh, with the search. But yeah, Alan, that's a great point. All that information is right. There. So those those guys who were known bad guys who'd been charged, selling crappy cars, they weren't forced to close. So they're still open. The lines are 
lights are flashing and uh, well, come well, on. Lines in are wide open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, yeah. I have a question for you. You're responsible for for educating the dealers. Yes. Right, and yes. you do what we seminars because I've seen all of your seminars. Yeah, we do seminars and webinars available for free for all restaurants across Ontario. Yeah, so wouldn't that be wise for actually consumers to get that information from a webinar? Well, we do consumer seminars as well. So we go out to libraries, for example, uh, community centers, and provide these services to consumers as well. Uh, so a consumer organization can definitely book one of these presentations through us. And do you list the dates and times when you run them? Well, we do it according to the request. Right, right, right. To and see, and, and Terry was complaining this morning that he's so busy. Because <laughs> they're advertising for things. Okay, it's Dave's Corner Garage. We come back. We're going to take your phone calls. We're going to be talking to... Uh, uh, oh, we more. Yeah. We're going to see more? Yeah. Okay, right. we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, Dave's Corner Garage is alive, uh, kind of alive. Anyways, uh, we're going to go right to the phones. We're going to talk to... Seymour in Aurora. How are you doing? I am doing well, sir. How are you? Good. Very good, Seymour. Any day you wake up is a great day. That's our philosophy down here. You know what? It's quite <laughs> wide up here, as a matter of fact. You woke up to snow, and it's sticking stuff. <laughs> but we know it won't last. You know what? We, we know that because Terry came in from up north and he showed us the videos of all the snow on the Right, ground. right. <laughs> so my, my call is on the subject of um, oil sprays. Yes. Uh, because, you know, we've been doing it religiously for many years with our cars. We, we believe in it. But the question is, are they all the same? Are they all created equal? Or is there, you know, one that is preferable to another, that idea? So, you know. Well, okay, I've been associated with Crown, which is, uh, I think we're in our 18th year. And I have to tell you, I've seen a lot of companies come and go. Uh, Crown actually develops their product in a way that there's no solvent in it. A lot of folks that spray oil leave the solvent in it, and that actually attacks the rubbers. So the Crown product doesn't do that. I see. All right, so they have to be careful of that. The second thing is, I think it's it's almost free because the installation of this product takes almost an hour, and they only charge like 150 bucks for it. I so, see. Okay. So it's actually very very cheap. Are you planning to do your car? Well, yes, we 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 um we we do them every year. But I, I believe some people, you know, they use the, those existing holes in the cars. They open them up, spray through there. Is right. that necessary, or is it just enough to do the exposed areas as it is? No, that's the whole point. Is that the crown will use the existing holes because you know you have to get into areas that are boxed in, for example, and you have to be able to to spray those and apply it properly. In fact, that's one of the beauty things is uh, of that crown stuff is that for example it gets inside your door so window oh. mechanism lock mechanisms all that stuff which which will rust and break believe it or not down the road it's I, good that it is lubricated listen we got to run uh seymour why don't you hang on uh sebastian will take your 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 address and i'll send you out a 50 dollar coupon off your next crown service thanks so much i appreciate okay. that hey, if pleasure. you see more snow next week don't call back okay <laughs> we don't want to know about it <laughs> all right take care seymour thanks nice for calling all right, we're going to go to Danielle in Mississauga, driving a Volkswagen, I guess. Danielle? Danielle, you got a class action going on? <laughs> I wish. Oh. I, am a te- I am a teacher. Okay. Uh-huh. No oh, that kind of class there. action. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to know, there was um, a class action suit against um, Volkswagen. Has that been settled, or are you what's talking, going on? Are you talking about the diesels? Yes. 
no, well, I, they, I don't think it's been settled completely. No, I, I, did you own a diesel Volkswagen? Yes, I do. And you've not been contacted by Volkswagen Canada? Oh, I have, uh, and and they gave me my my money, and yeah, the car has been uh, okay, I guess, since lousy mileage with this new fix. But yes. regardless, ends the brakes. Um, but I wasn't there a, a class action suit that was done. Um, by a law firm or something? There was or one, I think, by Mercant. It's Mercant, M-E-R-C-H-A-N-T. They're out of, uh, I think, Alberta. But okay. if I were you, I would Google it and see if you can get a hold of that and see if that will help you. Okay, thank you very much. Oh, you're, you're welcome. very welcome. I, By the way, I, I think, though, part of the deal is once you've accepted you know, done. the reparation yeah. from the manufacturer, you're done. you really can't go back again, can you? No, and they actually went after Porsche. And they went after Mercedes, and mm -hmm. they're investigating the others, too. So. As a matter of fact, the other government agency that uh, we talk about sometimes is CanVap, and apparently it's the same thing. Once you've, you've, you've gone to court with them, so to speak, um, the, uh, you, know, you, you can't go back and sue them afterwards because you, you've already made the settlement. Settled it, right. So, you know, you've got to be settled. Uh, hybrid question. All right, we're going to go to Mark. Uh, Mark in Etobicoke. Mark, how you doing? I am living the dream. All right, <laughs> super. I tell you, I tell people everywhere, if you live in this country and you have your health, yeah. you're pretty close to paradise. There you go. And free medications if, if you're Absolutely. over 75. <laughs> Absolutely. I have. I bought a hybrid, uh, near, um, a, uh, a Kia Nero uh, some months ago. Okay. I, I, I was getting about 4.2 liters per 100 kilometers. I was pretty impressed with it. But uh -huh. um, I was wondering how often I got to change that oil. I'm told that it's, that it's synthetic, and I'm told about 8,000 kilometers. I would have guessed a lot more than that. Well, it's, I guess it's hard to tell, for example, how much time your, your, your gasoline engine is running in compared to the electric part of it. Um, do you drive an awful lot or you don't? Um, uh, about 20000 a year, I guess. Oh, so a fair it's bit. It's average, it's average. Well, so, um, I, you know, first of all, during the warranty period, you don't want to mess around because the manufacturer will look for any kind of out, you know, to, to invalidate your warranty. So while you're under the warranty, if, if your owner's manual, and this is where you may want to check, look in the owner's manual to see how often it suggests you change the oil because the, yeah, de the dealers I could be a little bit more active. And, and what the books say? It doesn't say anything. <laughs> oh, it doesn't I say it anyway. Yeah. I'll look again, but I couldn't find it. Well, does your vehicle actually have like an oil percentage on the dashboard? Um, not the what, oil the, percentage. Yeah. So, for example, uh, a lot of vehicles will tell you that your your engine oil is fifty percent or twenty percent, and then eventually it says time for a change. Okay. Oh. Um, if you don't have that system on your car, well, then um, you know you're going to have to record the mileage. But I would check with the manufacturer because that's who who makes the rules in terms of your warranty. You know, you don't want to uh, jeopardize your warranty in any which way, especially on that car. Um, so check with them. Okay. What? I was going to ask another quick question. Uh, I was getting 4.2, and now it's, it's slipped down to about 4.9 liters per 100 kilometers, about 100 kilometers of tank difference. Yeah, the weather's it's, that. It could be the weather. Is that the reason why? Yep. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, because, you see, when the weather's colder, your gas engine is running longer than your hybrid, okay. and, and the gas engine will not get as good mileage. And the tires are stiffer, and it's trying to stay warm. Uh, You've you got the heater on, the defroster on, you're using energy. So, yes, in the winter, it usually goes up 10 to 15%. All right, Mark, thanks for calling in. We're we got we to run. Okay, we'll be right back. And when we come back, we're on the phone with Jonathan Schlue from uh, Car Generator. 
And actually, they're giving away one from uh, davescornergarage.com. And we'll talk about Dragon's Den and what life is like after the television show. Right after this break, this is Dave's Corner Garage. Yes, and speaking of that contest, it's ending at the end of the month. So go to davescornergarage.com, enter, nothing to buy, nothing to do, just name, uh, email address, and that's all we want. Okay, uh, speaking of which, Jonathan Schlu is on the phone. Jonathan was on Dragon's Den, and if you go to our website, you can actually see the episode. Jonathan, good morning. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Great. Is your power on? <laughs> My power is on now, but I know it's going to go off sometime this winter. I can guarantee you that. Actually, if a dog walks by the house, ours goes off. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jonathan, to quickly walk through, uh, let's talk about the Dragon's Den experience first off. That Absolutely. was fascinating. Uh, yeah, I'll kinda, yeah, I'll share how that went. It was great. Um, Dragon's Den, I have to say, getting a deal was amazing. Our sales quadrupled, and um, it's been so successful. My wife is looking a little differently at, differently at me now. So, um, Why, more jewelry? <laughs> she get new glasses <laughs> or something? Much, yeah. uh, we sold hundreds of units. There's tons of happy customers, and that's really the most important thing, uh, happy customers and great reviews. And really, right now is the perfect time of year with the first kiss of snow that we're getting tonight. And people really start to think, what would you do this winter when the power goes out? And what we found is no one really ever wants the hassle of buying a generator. No one sits there and thinks, hmm, I want to go out and buy a generator. So, you know, why not use something you already have, which is your car right there in your driveway, but with no hassles? Well, let's talk about the financial investment. I mean, a big generator that you got to call a company and they got to assess what you need and install the thing, um, that could run what, uh, up to $10,000? Easily, typically, when by the time you're done with permits and everything else, eight to ten thousand dollars. So permits? We ran, you need permits we, too. <laughs> what's that? You need permits too. You and can't you need just permits too. Really, you just can't go buy it and have it plugged in. No, and you know what? They say it's noisy and that vibrates like crazy. Okay. Yeah. Well, so does your bed, but uh, well, so yeah, we were, we ran a, and what typically happens a lot of times people oversize and they say you need a huge generator. Right. And we ran a fun contest actually. We told people to go out. Shut off everything in their house that they don't absolutely need. Let's say just your furnace and your fridge and maybe one or two lights. Mm -hmm. Go outside, take a picture of your hydrometer. Go back one hour later, and your kids can keep using their electronics, Wi-Fi, and everything else. Go Mm -hmm. back an hour later and look at your hydrometer and take a picture again. If it increased by one, you'd only used 1,000 watts that hour. So it's really it's it's a way to really get an idea of really how much power, what you can do with 1,000 watts. And really, it's so easy when the power goes out, you just pull out this small 16-pound device connected up to your car, and you get your power back in minutes without the hassles of storing gas cans and then driving to the gas station. So the other interesting thing, last week I talked to a nice couple, Bob and Margaret, Mm -hmm. who listened to Dave's Corner Garage, and they live near Crystal Beach. They also saw me in uh, Dragon's Den. So they want something for this winter to be able to use for their furnace or some pump or fridges. But then they've got a trailer, and they love to go camping. So next summer, they want to be able to then use this for their camping adventures. So, so we should say a couple of things, uh, because we're going to run short of time. One, this is something that's emergencies only, so it sits in the back of your car until you need it, correct? Mm-hmm. And secondly, how long does the car actually can idle? So that's a good question. They asked me that on Dragon's Den as well. So a typical car can idle on a tank of gas between 50 to 70 hours easily. And then when you get near that, just drive out, refill your tank, and you can keep going if you needed to. But you really have that kind of runtime if you needed to. That's two and a half days. 
Exactly. Well, when the ice storm happened, we lived in our house using this actual invention, a car generator, and it ran for three and a half days. And when the storm was over, power came on, we were, we'd used a half a tank of gas and that's it. So it's really, if you have a house, a cottage, or both, or you like to go camping, it's, it's really, it's a perfect Christmas gift also. All right, John, we've got to run. Music's playing in the background. If they want more information, how do they get it? Uh, car generator www.cargenerator.com catch the Dragon's Den special it's still on there now and <laughs> go to our website it's conogarage.com and uh, enter the contest you can get one for nothing and I think if you're nice nothing if you is talk good. nice to John he'll give you an autograph too hey, eh? nothing is good but nothing at $250 <laughs> worth of gasoline is even better exactly <laughs> alright ladies and gentlemen thanks for listening we will be back after this break alrighty welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage this in our uh board is full with calls. If we don't get to you on air, we will answer your questions after the show. So just hang in there and we're going to get to you. Uh, on the phone right now is Fred DeFrancesco, our insurance guy. And we have some interesting stuff that you should be aware of. One of the things in the news lately has been the insurance companies charge you your insurance rate by your postal code. And uh, Freddie came up with the idea that he's going to explain all that. <laughs> Ready. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. Great. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. So what happened? You, you explained it to me on the phone, but it's unbelievable what happens. Well, territorial rating, guys, has always been around. You know, the difference today is, and it changed back in the late 80s, is that instead of having 23 territories across the entire province, uh, you now have about uh, over 50 ter- territories just within the GTA. Wow. And there's a bit of history here that a lot of people have forgotten, or uh, perhaps I'm aging myself right now, but um, the territory or the postal code rating uh, uh, came around when the accident benefits of our policy were so rich that people were staging accidents. I'm sure you guys remember that way back, where you were in somebody in a car, and before you know it, there were six people in there. And uh, the legal profession, some of the legal profession was involved, uh, we'll say, with some of the health care providers and so on and so forth. But there were areas within the GTA that were abusing this particular system. And so we targeted those specific areas, but we targeted them only for the premiums uh, that related to the statutory accident benefits of the policy. Well, what has happened over time, of course, is somebody has forgotten the history of all this, and now they're utilizing the postal code rating for the entire policy, which means (laughs) you're actually being rated higher for a portion of your policy uh, that covers you when you're not at fault. Wow. So So all those guys got away with it, and now we're paying for it. Well, you're paying for it, but it's a necessity as well, David. And it's a necessity because, you know, you need the law of large numbers in order uh, to spread the the particular losses uh, to the areas, of course, that are costing you more money. So what do you do? Is there anything you can do to to lower that rate or, or to... You could move across the street. And that's all it takes. <laughs> well, in some cases, yes, because today uh, uh, each individual is rated uh, by a system that really is, 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 isn't really visible anymore uh, to the broker. It's, it's you know, it's, uh, it's sad the way some of the rating is occurring today, and I think it does, le- it does need a little bit of uh, tweaking. Uh, I think there's a couple of private members' bills that were introduced uh, not too long ago, and I'm hoping uh, Premier Ford uh, will have a, a good look at it. 
Now, the second thing we were going to talk about was having no insurance on my vehicle and it's parked and somebody decides to run into it. You know, that's an interesting question, David. And it's interesting because here we are in October and a lot of people are parking their toys. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the question is, now look at where am I going to park it? Well, let's assume that you're in a high-rise condominium and you park your vehicle and you remove the liability coverage from it. Well, somebody could run into that vehicle. And if somebody does, even though you identify who they are, uh, you don't have an action against them for the claim. Uh, And the reason being is that uh, you must be compensated by your own insurance company. But remember, now you've removed liability coverage, therefore you have removed the the coverage involved called the direct compensation property damage, and uh, you can't make claim against your own insurance company because you don't have the coverage. You took it off. So what do you do? I mean, you know, you, you know it was Bob, and Bob fessed up to it, and Bob's car is dented too. Uh, you can't just call Bob's insurance company and have them pay for it? No, sir. You cannot take an action against the other party. Compensation must come from your own vehicle. Now, look, at there may be a bit of a twist here as well, because the Highway Traffic Act, of course, and, uh, and the Insurance Act may conflict here as well, because you could have a situation, for instance, where somebody runs into your car in your underground, and uh, uh, you could argue, listen, I didn't need insurance in my underground. I was on private property. Yeah. So why should I buy an insurance policy? Now, that makes sense. And you can also say, well, I should be able to take legal action against the individual that hit me. But here's a better solution. If you've got an expensive car, if you have a toy, and you're going to park that vehicle on private property, uh, your garage, I mean, somebody can come through your garage as well, in an underground and what have you, when you park your vehicle, utilize the number 16 endorsement. It's called an agreement for suspension coverage endorsement. By doing that, you are retaining your liability for the purpose of ownership, not use or operation. Wow. Great information, Fred. I want to thank you for joining us today. Hey, you guys are very welcome. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Freddie. Okay, guys. Bye-bye. Amazing stuff, huh? Who would have thought? I would have said, excuse me, you got insurance? No. Quack. Well, there you go. You better make sure you keep it all year round. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We're going to try to get to some callers right after this break. What do you think? I don't think so. Okay. (laughs) Okay. If you're hanging out to the phones, please hang on. We'll talk to you off air because this segment is really short. Uh, Farrah wants to announce that she's at the Zoomer show today. Yeah, Omvik will be at the Zoomer show. It's happening all weekend at the Entercare Center, which is located at Exhibition Place downtown. Uh, so come out, visit Omvik. We've got some very friendly staff there to answer your questions about car buying, your rights, uh, consumer protection, and we've got some swag bags prepared for you as well. Oh, so. oh, oh we got swag? There's goodies. <laughs> there are goodies. All right. <laughs> and you get parts of cars and stuff. <laughs> Old registration. You know, stuff left over. Uh, uh, before we leave, Terry wanted to mention one thing about nice motors, yeah, which n- wasn't so nice. Yeah, nice auto sales. Nice auto sales. Yeah, this is a dealership. Uh, you you'd mentioned earlier how busy Omvik has been recently. This is a, a, a dealership. The Last year, in December 2017, we became aware that uh, the owner of the dealership was allowing her husband, who is not registered, to oh. uh, use her ID to get into wholesale auctions. 
Uh, only dealers and salespeople are supposed to be there. Uh, and uh, he was acquiring vehicles using her ID. And uh, these vehicles were then being resold, some of which had uh, rolled back odometers or were revinned. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about yeah. that again. Yeah. Uh, so we suspended the dealership as soon as we learned that that was going on. And, you know, when we start dealing with revinning and rolling back odometers, this is really serious stuff. That dealership was suspended and their license was revoked uh, earlier this year. Um, but they were, we also charged them, Envigled charged against uh, the dealer and the de- and the dealer's husband and so Min Tian who was the uh, dealer she was fined $12,500 right. for retaining an unregistered salesperson and uh, her husband uh, Mr. Wang was uh, fined $25,000 for acting as an unregistered salesperson well how so. hard is it to get a, a, a license you take the test you got to have a clean record and you're good to go to become a salesperson, yeah, you take the OMVIC certification course. It's a course in automotive law and ethics. Right. Um, in this particular instance, when we're dealing with rollback odometers and uh, revinning, I'm not sure that a course in automotive law and no. ethics was going to help. Uh, but it's it's not an onerous test. Uh, you know, we, we, we want to make sure that anyone entering the industry is going to conduct business with honesty, integrity, in accordance with the law. And uh, once you've taken the course, and it's not a long course, uh, the application process to become a salesperson, if everything's complete, it takes about 48 hours. Yeah. Um, but even if this individual had been registered, uh, quite frankly, with this kind of activity going on, you know, obviously we felt they didn't belong in the industry, and uh, that's why we revoked their registration as well. So they're gone? They're gone. Now, we should say, we've been painting a pretty black picture, but we should tell you, there's over 8,000 dealers in the country, in Ontario. I'm really glad you said that, yeah. <laughs> uh, and because we have been painting a black picture. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the vast majority of vehicle transactions at dealerships go well. Yes. You know, last year, dealers sold, what, 2 million vehicles? Mm-hmm. And OMVIC had 1,213 formal complaints. Which is nothing out, out of out of the out of two million transactions. So it's a remarkable a percentage. It's statistic. almost nothing, really. Right, exactly. Yeah. So the vast majority of dealers of uh, transactions go well. The vast majority of dealers they they want repeat customers. They want to treat their customers well. But in those rare instances, something you know goes wrong. That's what Omvik is here for. And the other thing is that you have to, you have to understand, good used cars are hard to come by. So the the bargain out there is a bargain for a reason. Because these dealers are buying cars against the Americans. Mm-hmm. The Americans are up here buying cars at 30% off. And now the Canadians are fighting to get good used cars. So you're not going to get a great price. I mean, the price is not going to be the object here. The object here is to buy a decent vehicle. No, you're absolutely right. We hear this from a lot of our, our, our dealers that inventory is a, like good inventory is a problem because of exactly that. Cars going south of the border. And so if you see a vehicle that is advertised below market value, yeah. that should be a warning flag, generally speaking, whether it's at a dealership or if, if it's being advertised privately. You want to make sure that you're checking the history of that vehicle, that you're buying a, I want to say carproof, it's now Carfax Canada report, right. and having that vehicle inspected by your own mechanic before you turn over a penny. So the slogan should be Omvik, buy in haste, repent in leisure. <laughs> well, it's true. It's like they say, you know, cheap can be very expensive, eh? Yeah. Yeah. My dad used to say that. A cheap guy always pays more. Exactly. exactly. Because in the end, you know, he's going to have to pay and pay and pay to get that vehicle brought up to snuff. Omvik is O-M-V-I-C dot G-O dot no, Omvik dot C-A. Oh, you changed it. <laughs> <laughs> to make it easier just for you. All right. Thank you for joining us. Farah, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. She's going to be at the Zoomer Show. Terry, thank you. Always a pleasure, Alan, guys. Sebastian, and I thank my mother for me being here. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week.
This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.